Ah, oh, dude, I got fucking roasted by my bank. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got roasted by your bank? Yeah, so Nan was like, wanted to buy like the new uh, Elden Ring board game coming out, and yeah. so... It's because of his trip. He didn't have that much uh, as much money, so he uh, asked if I could. You could use my card, and he would just pay me back. I was like, okay. Uh, that triggered uh, the bank being like, "Hey, you've had a lot of suspicious activity, so we're gonna like lock your account." So I was like, "Fuck! Well, I need this." So I called. I was calling the bank, and they were like, "Hey, yeah, okay. So we just want to go over some some charges, and you can verify whether that you're oh, not. No. That way we can find out." I'm like, "All right, yeah, sure." And so I was like, "Yeah, so one for like Steamforge, which was the which was the the dark or the the Elden Ring thing." I was like, "Yeah, yeah that, that's that's I think the reason why I got flagged. That's it." And he's like, "Okay, there's one for like a Twitch TV interactive. Oh yeah." yeah. Yeah, it's uh, some streamers. I I, it's, I I do that. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. There's one here for a uh, for an OF, and I was like, I thought Gibson he said OS, and I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm like scrolling, I'm looking through my bank statement. I was like, I don't know, I can't oh. tell what that is. And so he was like, oh, so you're saying this isn't you? I said, I don't know, I can't find it. And then I was like, wait, are you saying OF? And he said, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you know what? I think that's, yeah, I think that's mine. And whatever. And he was like, oh, okay, okay. And so we have a, another one here for a, an OnlyFans. I said, yeah, that's me too. That one's real. And so he said, okay, cool, cool, cool. We have a, another one here for an OnlyFans. And Dude, I'm like, this guy yeah. was just so fucking with you after a while. And like, so he could have just like, let it go like, after the first question. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's another one. That one's me. Listen. Listen, I support women, okay? <laughs> and the funny thing is, I was calling him because I couldn't use my credit card because I was on hold because I was trying to subscribe to an OnlyFans. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of film podcasts, but we're not going to be critics. We're not going to be throwing any sort of numbers or rating systems at you. We're just going to be two people at the end of the time talking about the movie, asking, so did you like it? Uh, I am Sir Square, and joined as always with my co-host. I am not a human being. I am an animal. I am Kaz. And as I debate between calling the police and animal control, we are going deeper down the Batman rabbit hole with Batman Returns, uh, directed by Tim Burton, screenplay by Daniel Waters, starring, of course, Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, and Michelle Pfeiffer. This is the nitty-gritty, dark sequel to Batman 1989, the movie we all love with uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. And I'm not going to lie, man, this was the one I was actually kind of I don't want to say least looking forward to watching out of this whole kind of Batman series we're doing for a little bit, but the most kind of like, I, I don't know, I've probably seen Batman Forever and Batman and Robin more than I've seen this movie. Oh, um, that's kind of, that's kind of sad, but all right, you know. <laughs> I know, it's very sad. <laughs> And Joel Schumacher went, ooh. Especially watching this one. Uh, I like we were actually watching it marking out so much that I was like, man, those Joel Schumacher ones really do suck, don't they? <laughs> They're bad. Yeah, it feels like we, we, we definitely lost some things when we, we made the transfer, you know? It's like a new corporate team coming in to like really spruce up and make it more family friendly to really get all of the people into the theater. 
and you really just don't agree with it because it's just like you're sacrificing your artistic integrity, bro. Like, come on. Yeah, I get it. We both know you left the Chuck E. Cheese we both work at for better, greener pastures. You don't have to rub it Look, in. Look, dude, I couldn't be in the fucking get Chuck E. Entertainment suit. cheese suit. I couldn't do it anymore, man. It smelled just like things, man. I don't even want to talk and about specifics. It's just monkeys. things. Um... Hey, I know I just put us on a tangent. Can I get us on another tangent that this movie started me on? Hey, man, this podcast is only tangents. Right, so, like, tangents. go for it. Um, <laughs> so, I uh, watching this, Michelle Pfeiffer's really good. <laughs> every, oh, my gosh, dude. Where she has Holy crap, you're so right. Moment where she either has all the power and or it's just, it's just like dramatic as hell. She's really fucking good. Oh, she's you're 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 completely right. I was blown away with Michelle Pfeiffer throughout this entire movie. I just yeah. Anyways, I, I couldn't moving stop on watching. from that, I on to my tangent. Um, <laughs> so it made me. It made it made me like think to myself. I don't know why. I, mean, I know why this popped in my head, but it made me think. Like, I wonder if she's ever done an interview where she says what she thinks of the song Uptown Funk. Because <laughs> it starts off with Michelle Pfeiffer, that white goal. <laughs> And so I was like, wait, as you're watching this movie, you're thinking to yourself. Oh, yeah. As I'm watching the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer, I'm asking myself about the song that has Michelle Pfeiffer's name in it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm sorry, but we were watching a movie that had like Danny Elfman music, Danny DeVito as like a weird penguin man. People were dying. There were clowns and like Christmas time shenanigans. And just because Michelle Pfeiffer's in it, you're thinking to yourself, man. What does she think of Uptown <laughs> Funk? Like, I need that. I need that description. Can I get it? Like, just an interview, five minutes, Uptown Funk, explain. Oh, it's not five minutes. It's like a minute and, like, change clip. She, <laughs> just a minute she just, change yeah, clip. She just said it was like. She just answers a phone call and be like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, she just said it was, like, flattering, but it's a, it gets a little awkward because either she'll be, like, in her car with her kids and it'll come on and they'll just be like, rolling their eyes. Or she'll be in, like, an exercise class. It'll come on and she's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The, like, how real that answer got was pretty great. <laughs> You could have gone with just like the the like the the well off or so disconnected to reality, but you're like that was a really like well thought out answer right there. No, this was the actual interview. <laughs> Shit, that's what she said. Oh, there was an actual interview. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant this is why like she would answer you like no. in your head. No, that's how she answered. I was like, damn. <laughs> okay. Well, I've learned a lot about Michelle Pfeiffer today. So, did you like it? So, let's talk about how good she is in this fucking movie, actually, though. Oh, my gosh. Dude, okay, did you know she wasn't even, like, the first pick for this character? Well, it couldn't have been Kim Basinger anymore. No. the Okay, so... Who was it originally that wanted to... Or that won the role? What was her name? Annette Benning. Was the original uh, woman cast to play Catwoman in this movie, and Michelle Pfeiffer was a little bit bummed about that. Uh, but then Annette Bening, uh, uh, she got pregnant, so she had to drop out, um, and that's how Michelle Pfeiffer got the role. But that's not the best part about casting Catwoman. It turns out the best story goes to Sean Young. Do you remember who she is? 
In the movie? No, I don't know who that do is. You, do you know the actress Sean no. Young? She is most notably remembered uh, for playing uh, that female, the female character in Blade Runner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know which one I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. So she really wanted to play Catwoman. Right, my brain went as far as Blade, and I was like, who? And then... Yeah. <laughs> Some motherfuckers are always <laughs> trying to skate, ice skate uphill. <laughs> so she was... Uh, she wanted the role so badly. So she straight up, like, dressed herself in, like, a homemade Catwoman oh, costume, no. drove down to Warner Brothers, busted through, like, the, <laughs> the security to, like, the head honcho's office, and was just like, I am Catwoman. I am your female lead here. Ooh. And she, to the, to like to this day, she thought to herself, like, I just thought that was the that was the move. I thought that would be what Catwoman did do, like super aggressive. Why not? I wish I had that much confidence in my life to do something. Also, it's it's pretty extra, lady. Like, <laughs> like how embarrassing is that? You come in with all that confidence and all that whoop ass. You cl- exclaim that you're Catwoman. You don't get the job, and you have to drive home as Catwoman. <laughs> like all sad. <laughs> yeah, no, and like. Apparently, Michael Keaton and uh, Tim Burton were there for that, and like they were both just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> oh, okay, I thought this was gonna be a really sad story. If you said like they started like laughing, I'd be like, "Oh man, I don't feel good about this anymore." No, 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 no. Like, uh, uh, who knows if they were? They weren't gonna like you know tell yeah. them like yeah, say so. out loud like that's what happened. Yeah. But and we laughed her straight out of the building <laughs> for like ten minutes. <laughs> You should have seen the sad lady in the taxi <laughs> dressed as a cat. Oh, it would have been even funnier if she dressed up as, like, the wrong kind of cat and she did, like, a furry cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Catwoman. Meow. Meow. <laughs> I cannot believe Michelle Pfeiffer mastered the whip for this movie. That's just such dedication. Yeah, you told me that. And I'm like, oh, wow. Interesting little tidbit. I did not tell you that. You mentioned it while we were watching the movie. That wasn't me. I thought you mentioned it. No, you you were the one that said how she whipped out all the candles or lights or something. Really? I don't remember that. Uh, maybe <laughs> it was... I, I was not drinking during this movie. Maybe it was Nan? <laughs> Nan, what? Wait. Nan, did you know a tidbit? Yeah, she actually learned how to do the whip. That She actually ah, did the whip on those you, mannequins. Fuck you, <laughs> I knew it wasn't yeah, me that I said something know. smart and well-informed. I never expect Nan to know anything about movies. My bad. Hey, man. There are people that can surprise you. But you even surprise yourself. You're the one that pointed out that Pee-wee was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We see the, the Cobblepot's parents at the beginning. And I was like, that guy kind of looks like Pee-wee. Just like, it can't possibly be. And then fucking Nan looks it up, and it's Paul Rubens. I'm like, well, son of a bitch. They did work well, together for so you know, Big Playhouse or Big Adventure or whatever, because Tim Burton died. Uh, so. Esther Cobblepot, the wife, uh, is played by Diane Salinger, and she was also in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. All right, that's hilarious. So it was just a Pee-wee just reunion for this really intense opening <laughs> scene of two parents abandoning their mutant child. As That's what brings you together as a family. <laughs> it really does, you know? And then the funny connection to that. Is that there's that one kid from Overboard who did the Pee Wee impression, who I also think should have been abandoned. Oh my gosh, the original act, the original choice to play 
Penguin's father wasn't Paul Rubens, though. It was Oliver Burgess, or Burgess, Burgess Meredith, who was the original Penguin actor from the TV series. Oh, that would have been so watched. cool. Oh, it would have been a great connecting point, but too bad he got sick. Oh, damn. Well, yeah, that does suck, but all right. So let's talk about the like divergent multiverse like universe where he was in this movie and what it could have been like for us. Nah, I don't know. I'm, t- I'm too sleepy for would have been. <laughs> Are you telling me you don't want to guess at what a different universe would be like if every actor was a different actor in this movie? All right, fair enough. So, yeah, I think especially it comes off like right at the beginning with uh, or the very first dramatic scene that Michelle Pfeiffer has. I keep bringing it back to Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, you're, that's all you're going to talk about for this entire episode. Listen, she very pretty. Little cause. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, like, not to mention watching this, I love, like, what a fucking weirdo she is. I don't know. Well, I like weirdos. Like, they're just they're just fun and weird. Um, but, yeah, she just, like, she's awkward, and she doesn't know how to do social situations, and she's so fucking weird. Uh <laughs> Like, even, even the guy who leaves a message on her machine is just like, yeah, hey, my therapist ne- says I need to be my own man and stop being a, a, a vestigial limb or something like that. I forgot what it was. Or, And so it's like, man, you're telling me that this guy was so attached that he was considered like an uh, like a, an attached limb to you and you still lost him how bad is your <laughs> life lady like how how much do you need it to get together uh but her really dramatic dramatic scene is like after she's killed by shrek which i know it's christopher walken but it's funnier to call him shrek um, uh, we have to call him shrek for this entire uh, after after she's killed by max shrek um she has <laughs> He has like a whole ass conversation with Bruce Wayne, and he has a, also a hilarious recurring thing where every time he's off somebody, he just keeps saying like, "Oh yeah, they're on vacation." Like you gotta come up with different alibis, man. Though I guess it doesn't seem to matter. Like this guy, yeah, they're always on extended holiday. This guy will kill a lady and leave her corpse in broad daylight, and then just be like, "Yeah, whatever, she's on vacation. Don't look out the window." Um, and then yeah he's like oh yeah she's on vacation whatever too bad she's not here to see you out and then she shows up and he is just freaked the fuck out the whole time and yeah just her calm demeanor and playing it off like not mentioning anything or giving anything away and you kind of I, I guess uh, hinting at the idea that maybe she has like uh, memory loss that it's like hey, can he play it? are you serious is it can you, can, is she playing it off, or is she, is she just, like, trying to keep that info in her back pocket? It's It was real good. God, I want Shrek's inner monologue for that. I was like, okay, Shrek, play cool, play cool, play cool. All right, you've seen dead bodies before, killed enough people. This one's just walking and talking. Play it cool. <laughs> yeah. But let's be real. Like, you, you said she's awkward, and, like, she doesn't understand social situations or can't pull them off as well. It's just, like... She's also ambitious, you know. She wants to she wants to do the best job ever. She wants to be that 100% gold star go-getter like best mo- secretary member of of this company because she was she made sure to prepare the the uh, folio for the Bruce Wayne meeting. Came back to work just so she wouldn't mess this up. Then even hacked into encrypted files to make sure that was open for him. And read all those hacked encrypted files that was, you know, probably blacklisted by the company for only high executives. 
And then even to his face explained about how his plan was incredibly fucked up and evil because he wanted to suck away all the excess power of Gotham and just kind of hold it as a monopoly for himself. But you know, go get her. Really thinking it through. This was a totally great thing to bring up to your boss. Yeah. And I don't even think she had any malicious intent as a secretary like before nope. being killed. She was just trying to do her job. She was trying to do the best job she could do, which sometimes I guess I have to tell you guys, there is such thing as doing too good a job. Yes. Do, do you know do, do it do what you're worth. Listen. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we have Michelle Pfeiffer, and she's doing a great job as one of the villains of this movie. What, like, honestly, right now, what are your thoughts on Danny DeVito's Penguin? Uh, he's fine for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love this hesitant energy so I think he's acted very well as this weird uh, primal kind of like more like animal than person kind of thing that he kind of struggles with. But it's so it's so weird and so zany it could only work in a comic book movie. <laughs> and and there's so many there, for a single one-off movie sure it's fine it's weird and you're like all right well this is the canon you've built but like uh, for a series this character would be very grating and i would not want to see uh multiple appearances you know if this was like a long-going series and or series of movies that continued with this character i i get what you're saying i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie one of the things that kind of always upset me from rewatching this movie was Danny DeVito's performance because just like what is he spitting constantly what is that black liquid coming out of his know. mouth throughout the entire fish. maybe it's mercury <laughs> from the power plants he does live in a sewer where some of like Shrek's like weird chemical runoff like just happens to go into his backyard. Yes, okay, but is he drinking the chemical waste? Is is like does mercury poison cause black liquid to just flood out of our mouths? Like I know he is like a penguin mutant human, but he is actually still technically human. It's not like this was a situation where the wife found out like that, you know, that Esther Cobblepot found out that her husband fucked a penguin. This is a situation where, like, <laughs> this is still a human child. Wait, Explain this wait, black liquid. Wait. Let's, let's rewind that a little bit. I don't want to. Are you I don't want theorizing to a possible scenario where... <laughs> no, I was saying... Where Cobblepot's dad fucked a penguin, and yet she's like, hmm, I'm giving birth to this penguin child. I think he cheated. <laughs> As the as the penguin is giving birth to his child, she's just like, "Do I have to claim this as my own for like necessity tax purposes? Like, what's up with yes, that?" Yes, you have to claim it for tax purposes. <laughs> Obviously, I no. should have known. So, I, I sometimes I know I'm right, but then I say I can't be right, and then it turns out I was right. Is his deformity just? I mean, maybe it's also the weird black bile, but I was gonna say, is his deformity just like the flipper hands and maybe like a longer nose? The flipper hands. Well, no, because didn't his dad kind of have a long nose? 
Did he? I don't know. I just see Pee Wee. <laughs> I just see the Pee Wee. I, 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 yeah. For me, it was just the flipper and the teeth, of course, too. Oh, that's right. Well, we don't know. We didn't see his baby teeth, did we? He was eating a cat. Oh, yeah. All right. Do <laughs> penguins have that kind of teeth? You know what? I don't know why I'm getting into it. He's not actually a penguin. He was just raised Wait, by quickly googling penguin teeth. Let's see. Let me bring that up. Let me bring that up. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh my god, I forgot about this. Uh, uh I have to. I I've got a. I've I've. I'm sending you something on Discord right now. Just a right mouth now. of razor blades. <laughs> it's so gross. It's not like Where that thing you? that has okay. like those kind of like weird fibers that kind of go in one direction, so like nothing can come out. Is it? Kinda. Oh. Okay. There, I said I can't explain it to you. It's just, it's wrong. Yeah, it's it, that's exactly. Wrong. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So yeah, it's like those weird little like. Gripper thing—that's not—that's not a good word to use. <laughs> it's like those 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 kinds of like things in the mouth where like yeah, that way fish can go in, but they can't, you know, come back out. It's a one 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 way mouth system for swallowing food. <laughs> where, where's the penguin horror movie now, where it's just penguins eating people, and that's just scary enough for me? Listen, you want to add boar to the Danny DeVito penguin movie? Be my guest, sir. <laughs> I mean, he does bite someone's nose off, basically. Yeah, he does. That guy, you know, hey, listen. <laughs> what? I'm listening. I'm here. That I'm guy in the was moment. a dickhead. I'm not going to say he deserved it, but I I can't say I didn't feel bad for him. Because, yeah, he was like, you know, they're all trying to, like, you know, do Penguin up and get him to look presentable for, like, you know, running for mayor and all that stuff. Uh and yeah, these two people are supposed to be a stylist, and they're so rude and mean to him. And so yeah, like at one point, the guy just comes up to him, and starts giggling. He's like, "What do they not have reflective surfaces down in the sewer?" And what penguin I think has some kind of like comeback where he just says, "Yeah, it could be worse, right? At least my, my, I could have blood dripping down my nose." And then he goes in for the bite, and I gotta say, it felt kind of good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> have those moments where you're watching like a superhero comic book movie you think to yourself man this felon has just got it right for some people it could be thanos for some people it could be like the dad from shang chi for kaz it's the penguin just fucking up that douchebag like i said i just don't feel sorry for him the guy was a dickhead I mean, okay, I don't blame you. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I say this as I'm just like, yeah, Max Shrek pull, pushed a whole person out the window. This fucking stylist, though. <laughs> He's the real villain of this movie. To go after someone's self-esteem? Yeah. Wow. Fuck yeah. you, dude. Listen, did they mention that he lives in a fucking sewer before this? I don't think skincare is number one priority, man. Oh, well, remember, he does ascend out of the sewer in front of everybody after, you know, that staged baby kidnapping with the mayor. Um, but remember what was really driving you crazy yes. about that scene? Yes! Did you want to talk about his, that? His whole, like, transportation device in the sewer is this giant rubber ducky boat that he goes around in. And so one of the things is the guy... And yes, before you ask us, it is fucking adorable. 
It's a cute duck, and honestly, I'd I'd get a goat cart like that or something. That'd be cute. Uh, that would be my bed. I'd sleep in a ducky bed. <laughs> sleep in a ducky. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I could sleep in a ducky. I'd it'd be. I'd be annoyed. But <laughs> listen, let's not get in. Let's not read into that more. Um. So he's on this rubber ducky, and it's going. It's ascending. It's ascending up somehow. I don't remember how. But like, it's ascending up to the sewer, so he could be like the hero that brings his baby back. And so you know, as a rubber ducky, it has his head protruding out of the body, as it do. <laughs> It's not actually rubber. It's sturdy enough for a man and a few people to be inside of. And as we go no, to this the, is a this is still made of rubber in my head. As we go to the surface and we see the penguin rising, he's still rising, rising till he's perfectly level with ground level from the sewer. And so I'm like, where the fuck does the ducky's head go? How can he? See, he that... can't be this high. <laughs> he can't this do that. <laughs> This is why my head cannon is the boat is still rubber that is a rubber ducky. So you can imagine him perfectly ascending and then just the duck's head shoved up against the concrete and asphalt in some weird way to where like the head is bending and it's just like pressing in. And from behind you can hear it squeaking. Exactly. From underneath (laughs) we'll just hear the squeak as the air is released. Oh my god, I would love someone to send me like just an edit of that scene with just hearing like the air deflating or inflating from a rubber ducky as he's talking to like the good people of Gotham and revealing himself. I think as a Gothamite, I would be so baffled by this because you have this weird clown and they already had a problem with weird clowns doing terroristic shit in this fucking city in the last to movie. a prince move to prince music so at least they had good music taste eh, well yeah uh, I mean, you still don't got, you dare say that it's not good music taste when we're talking about sec- prince. all right the bad dance is not an incredible song one two we got a good close second with danny elfman <laughs> i'm never gonna have danny elfman on this podcast uh <laughs> it's a shame because he hey, has man, really good music. We can look. Our goal is not Danny Elfman for this podcast. Our goal is Frank Welker. That's oh. what we need. Yeah, that's that is what we need. But um, so yeah, they already have like a weird killer clown man. Like, just do a bunch of flips, go up on stage, grab a baby, and he's like, "Well, I'm not really good with speeches, so I'll just say thanks." And he just flips into the sewer. He's like, "Oh no, you're that penguin who lives what down in the sewer." And then yeah, the, the scary penguin man. And then yeah, he just like uh, all of a sudden this penguin man who was not the guy who went in the sewer just starts ascending to the point where he's flush with the sewer. What's down in that sewer? How does he have a platform? <coughs> was he prepared for this? And then he's holding the baby. And then he's just like, "Yeah, all I want is to know who my parents are." I'm like, "I this I was not as a Gothamite, I would not have been prepared for this day. I don't know what's happening. I think I need a nap. <laughs> I need to go to my therapist to work out from that really terrible parade a couple years ago. Guys, are we moving on that there's from the, the fact that there's clowns here again? <laughs> are we are we going from one clown problem to another clown problem? That's another uh, small small gripe. I'm not really gonna be like, yeah, this is really just the movie. But like, I wish they would have given. And I don't know what, what, what would be the answer to this. I don't I wish they would have given like more theme appropriate villains to the penguin. <laughs> like he has an army what, of penguins. You're telling me clowns don't work for the for the penguin? He has an army of penguins, which is cute. But 
like I don't know. We just saw a bunch of like a bunch of his lackeys were a bunch of you know circus clowns again. And if they would have done like one line in there, one line of dialogue where it's like, hey, yeah, they needed work after they got like, you know, after they lost the Joker who fucking died, that would have been cool. Yes, Nan. Um. Batman did find an article about a missing bird guy who was at a traveling circus. So Penguin could Oh, that's that right. Bird that's guy that escaped. They did they they are alluding to the fact that like Penguin worked for the circus and also, like these people came with him. Also, it had a string of missing children, and so that play, that circus was uh, being yeah. investigated. Yeah, but but like, there's even a line in there where uh, Batman says, "Like, oh, because he, uh, as Bruce Wayne, when he's talking to uh, to Shrek about how, uh, like, you know, Shrek's trying to say, like, oh yeah, no, he's a reasonable guy, he's gonna be great for mayor or whatever." And like, Bruce Wayne is like, "I can't prove it, but he already has this whatever gang like under, you know, working for him." And it makes it sound like there's already an established gang in Gotham that he just took over. I think they're called like the Red Triangle Gang or something like that. <laughs> That's so generic. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Which did you know? There is actually a famous actor that plays one of the clowns. Was he the guy who took the baby? No, it's not the guy that took the baby. The really tall, thin clown is Doug Jones, the man you never see but is in every movie. Not the one on stilts. The one who played, yeah, like the 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 thin clown, like the tall, thin clown. <laughs> Is Doug Jones from the Fawn from uh, and the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth, the weird oh, okay. fish creature that you want to have sex with in the Shape of Water? I didn't see the Shape of Water. Listen, my mind is still pure. Oh my God, I will destroy your mind this year <laughs> for sure. That sounds like that a weird sexual <laughs> threat. <laughs> well, by the time we're done watching the movie, it basically is. All right, fair enough, I guess. Uh. No, I didn't know that, and honestly, you 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 just have to point him out to the fact that I knew him. I was too distracted by the really tall woman with the poodle, because that poodle is like MVP, and I love that she's just around, and she doesn't do... Oh, yeah, what is her vibe? She doesn't do a whole lot, and I love it. Like, that's the kind of worker henchman I want to be. <laughs> I love the, like, at the end of the movie, when, like, the clowns are abandoning the penguin, you see, like, the clown members just, like, leave the sewer, but she's, like, in this... Uh, top like radio booth like kind of just like an old bunker like army bunker controlling the penguins and you just like see her sitting there looking at the penguin with her poodle and then just like floats back into the darkness and disappears <laughs> and that's it and I was like that is the most yeah I love perfect her, I love her leaving. whole vibe <laughs> like goodbye. when she has that when we have that fight whatever where Batman's fighting a bunch of henchmen you just we get a good close up shot of all these guys like looking tough like clowns and shit and then there's just this lady just standing there looking like nonplussed in like this Victorian outfit gown and then like we pan down to her little poodle who's ready to fuck shit up and then like yeah Batman <laughs> programs his little battering it flies and homes on like every one of them slaps every one of them as soon as it's going for her that fucking dog just goes goes and grabs that thing and run, walks away with it and then Batman's like what the fuck and then she just like she just walks away she doesn't do anything she doesn't attack she doesn't do yeah and, and that's just her whole vibe is just she's just there she's overseeing that evil is being done and then she just leaves <laughs> That's what I need. So there's like they did a Batman '89 comic, which is like kind of like a sequel into like the whole Tim Burton world, mm -hmm. like really using this universe. Yeah. 
I just want a spinoff comic of that woman. Yeah. Just one issue. That's all I need. Just one issue. Well, just what's her vibe, no, you know? I, I think I, she's better off mysterious. I think we're better off not knowing. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> That's the- what little bit we got of her, I think was great. I don't know the actress. We don't need to know everything. I don't know what the character's whole deal is. I don't even know if she was one of the circus people who came to join the henchmen, or if she just like... I, I don't even think Cobblepot knows her. She just showed up and started doing the job. And was just like already number two after like a day's worth of work. She's like, you're the one to lead the Penguin Army. Yeah. She's <laughs> my sole successor to my empire. She's basically like the weird successor to like the first movie's Bob, except she doesn't get killed. She just leaves. <laughs> Uh, it's it's an interesting thing about this movie that like we're really just attracted to the villains of this movie. Like we have not talked about Batman no, <laughs> at hey, all. In but movie. here's the thing: that's kind of like another way to look at this movie because I feel like there's less Batman in this movie than the first one. Like this movie really is just more centered around the villains, and Batman's just kind of there for the ride. Yeah did did this start the trend of like? Uh, uh, um, comic book movies need to have two villains thing because after this, the rest of the Batman's all have two villains. Uh, you get like, well, I guess Marvel movies don't really do this, but like you get stuff like a lot of the Spider-Man movies that came out or the Sam Raimi ones had to like did like the two villain thing. Well, the the first no, the first two Spider-Man movies from Sam Raimi just had the one villains, uh, the Green Goblin, and they had Doc Ock, and then it was the third movie that had the three villains in it. Like, you're making a good point, because, like, remember the first Batman movie we even watched, like, it has all four of, like, the ro- the most famous of the rogues gallery at the time. Uh, but you're right, because now that I'm, like, thinking about it, because, like, Batman 89 only had the Joker. Well, yeah. it had the Joker and some, like, gang members, like, uh, some crime families in it, but, like, it was really just about the Joker. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, after this movie, Daredevil just... has Bullseye and Kingpin. Yeah, no, you're right, because now that I'm thinking about it, Batman Forever has uh, Two Face and Riddler. Yeah. Then it's uh, Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze and Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. Yeah. And even in the Christopher Nolan movies we're looking at, you've got the first movie has Scarecrow and Ra's Al Ghul. Yeah. The second movie has the Maroni crime family and uh, the Joker and Two Face. And the third yeah, film, yeah, Joker and Two Face over the crime family. The crime family's in it more than Two Face, technically. Yeah, I, I guess so. It's, I feel like it's a Two-Face origin and death story. <laughs> yeah, You can't have much Two-Face <laughs> if you only introduce him and kill him in the same movie. They're like, yeah, we gotta just wrap this up. Let's go. And then, yeah, you're and right. Then the, and then the third one, we'll see. But it's got Bane and, and Catwoman. Rache again. Oh. Yeah, what a bad guy in that one? Uh, I thought it was like Talia or something was the other bad guy. Yeah, but like, you know, of the established quote-unquote rogues gallery. Like, oh, she's I, she hey, flits wait. in between the Bat family and the rogues gallery. Okay, I just, I feel, I feel like Talia's not getting her dues. Oh, don't worry, <laughs> Talia's insane. That's fine. All right. She's crazy. I don't think. I don't think I've seen that one. You said I've seen that one. I don't think I've seen you that one. You have seen that one. We were I sitting, don't remember we were sitting at all. in the at work and I was just like was I drunk? See, that's the I mean we we were at work, so maybe. It was like you see like answered. that's the <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Enough about. <laughs> Back to the original point. I think you're right. Like this is really one of. Like, I think this movie also kind of helps set off that like idea that like you have to have multiple villains in your in, yeah. in your comic book movies. At least, I guess that is one thing Marvel has helped out. Like, they've rolled that back. Uh, like, because at least with a lot of the origin stories we get and a lot of the movies we get, it's just one central villain or, like, one yeah. overarching villain over, like, many films. What? Yeah, it, well, I mean, I guess for certain, uh, to a certain aspect, it would be really awkward to just, like, try to shoehorn, like, yeah, why would some of these villains work together? Ah, who cares? Like, you know, like, uh, Riddler and Two-Face has to be the most, like, held together by string. Like, these guys don't even like each other. Both the characters and the actors, like, why? is This doesn't make any goddamn sense. Uh, but, yeah. 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 I, I kind of wish, like, we could have seen the version of this movie uh, for Batman Returns where Billy D. Williams did play Two-Face. Yeah, he didn't come back in this one, did he? No, originally he was supposed to. He was, like, they, they were, yeah. they wanted, uh, they were thinking Two-Face, and I think they were still thinking the Penguin as well. Mm. <sighs> you know, so... In the first one, I do like. I think that was a pretty cool choice with Billy D. Williams as uh, as Harvey Dent. Um, I don't. It, it maybe my it's my limited scope. I just can't imagine him as a Two Face. I just can't see it. Yeah, uh, that's why I would have been really interested to see how they would have like uh, hit that character. But there's also another what if I really wanted to see too, because when they finally decided for Penguin to be the main villain of this movie. Tim Burton's top choice was Marlon Brando. <sighs> I know. What is oh, that world? I know. Oh, I would have loved to see what that would have been. That's like that trying to tell me you really cool. wanted Orson Welles to be the Penguin. And just like, <laughs> yes, all right, let's see this. I want to see this. <laughs> Listen, you got you you got him as. Uh... You got him as a big transformer eating planet. It's fine. You don't. You don't need Orson Welles again. But I don't know. I don't. Well, I like dare I said, you say like, that about Orson Welles? Like I said, Danny DeVito. Uh, he's. It's very. It's very well acted for this movie. But I gotta say, this penguin. I'm not incredibly attached to this uh, version of it. It's fun. It's fine for the movie. But like, yeah. If you had Marlon Brando in there, it probably probably still would have felt the same way, or just yeah, it would have been the same thing. Except it would have been like, can you believe Marlon Brando did this <laughs> fucking shit? I know that's the Vito, You're like, yeah, you mean the you mean the guy who lubed himself and put himself in a giant condom? Yeah, I believe Danny DeVito <laughs> did this movie. <laughs> look, dude, look. After getting the beauty of the word Krypton, I really want to know how he'd fuck up another comic book <laughs> word. Batman, <laughs> Bitman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get. Uh, so, what can we say about Batman in this? Uh, I Michael Keaton kind of, does know Batman. Michael Keaton yeah. definitely knows the character, and it really does it's, show in this good, movie. It's good to not see him hanging upside down and asking people if they want to get nuts. Okay, um. look, you just said it's good to not have two of the best moments of the first movie in this. Are you fucking kidding me right him, now? Him hanging upside down is stupid as shit, and the part where he says, let's get nuts, it's funny, and we quote it all the time, but you can that's very Michael Keaton in that line delivery yes. when he says that. That's 
That's Beetlejuice. That's Mr. Multiplicity, man. That's Mr. Mom. You know that's Michael Keaton when he's asked, do you want to get nuts? That's why I, I that's why I am right too. By the way, the name is the Red Triangle Gang, which I don't know why. Like, that's just a anyway. nothing. This is a nothing uh, <laughs> sandwich. So apparently, for this movie, uh, Daniel Waters, who be, who went office? on to write the actual screenplay, oh. um, he actually wrote Batman to have like a lot of like angry rants in this movie. Yeah, where it's just like. Like, so, like, you know the scene where, like, Batman, like, or Bruce Wayne talks about how, like, maybe Gotham is full of people that don't deserve to be saved? Like, that's the only line Michael Keaton really allowed to be in the dialogue. He would, like, look through the script and just be like, no, no, no. And really, like, wanted it to be to where when he's in costume, he doesn't actually talk that much. Like, it's just a few lines to really, like, enhance the mystique of the character and the fact that like he doesn't mess around, like it's straight to the point type of situation, and he just didn't think Batman like he want he agreed with Burton's vision that like Batman was a wounded soul, but not just like an angry dude in a costume being like, no, this world sucks, everything's horrible, this whole city's gonna burn, but I'm gonna do what I can. I think that's one hundred percent a good choice. Because as you were saying, like, yeah, they wrote, they wrote him to have a lot more, like, angry rants. I was like, ooh, that would have been bad. I think what we got was real good. Yeah. Um, I think we did get, you're right, we did get less Batman, I think. But, like, the Batman that we got is more established here. He's more confident in the role that he is as Batman. And the only thing is that comes out comes through, I think, is the tortured soul of him... Um, Reconciling, I think the fact that like the Vicky's uh, Vicky Vale's breakup in the first one did more, uh, I guess, affected him more than I think he lets on, and so he's really kind of taken in by by Selena Kyle. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because she's another weirdo who seems to understand him, and their whole both double life thing almost feels like it makes them perfect for each other except it's the whole like cliched thing of you're taking it too far (laughs) you don't have to kill him selena you can go to prison just like sorry batman then you know the most electrical kiss we've ever seen yeah so if i could gush about michelle Pfeiffer again (laughs) (laughs) oh please go ahead all right God, I really hope Tucker doesn't edit in the beginning like we said. Oh, I <laughs> hope to God now he does. Please, so, Tucker. So, um, the scene they have together with her and Batman, like, it's it's a bit more contentious. Like, she has more romantic scenes with um, with Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle. But as Batman and uh, Selina, you know, there's a bit of, like, that flirtation. There's a bit of, like, what are we doing? We're both weirdos wearing rubber and leather and shit. Um but, like, they have, like, really good tense scenes where they're fighting each other. And it almost seems like they can sar- a little bit almost tell that each other is who they actually are. And then uh, they have that goofy romantic scene that it's pretty... It, it It's by itself, it's kind of, like, funny and goofy with the whole, like, mistletoe uh, can be dangerous if you eat it. Uh, but a kiss can be deadlier if you mean it or something like that by itself like that where they're fighting on the rooftop it's a little it's a little funny um but then when they have that masquerade thing which by the way they're oh, the only two people they're so not good. wearing masks or costumes 
Which one and when they're having that, that tell you when they're having that dance and they're talking to each other and that line comes up again. Feels a little stilted now on rewatch. Like back then, I was like, "Oh yeah, man, flawless, amazing." It feels a little like forced, brought up, but it's such a good line delivery as they realize, "Oh fuck!" And she even has a line like, "Do we have to start fighting now?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's just—it's such a good tense scene. Oh god, when she pulls out the pistol too, and then like Bruce is like, "Okay, whoa, <laughs> whoa, let's calm down." You took it too far. I don't know why I'm doing like the <laughs> Christian Bale Batman. It's Christian Bale's with us at all times, no matter what we do these days. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Next week's podcast episode, we only do it in the Christian Bale voice. No, I'm doing Bane. I'm going to speak oh, to a vase. Uh, why are you so smart like this? By the end, you're going to have a hoarse voice talking like Batman. I'm going to be like, well, that was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking hot toddies. You're drinking just English tea. <laughs> Ooh. This, I know, I'm looking forward to this podcast. <laughs> this is going to be a great episode. I want to say Michelle Pfeiffer also has probably one of the best villain intros in like any of these movies. That moment where she's just like destroying the department store, takes down the security guards, and then you see Batman and like Penguin having like their first confrontation like outside and like in the snow, and they're like mad dogging each other. And then you just see Catwoman backflipping her <laughs> way constantly towards them, turns around, just goes meow and the department store just explodes as she disappears <laughs> and it's so fucking good i love that intro i thought i couldn't stop like i i would watch that on repeat and just think to myself like if i'm ever doing a D campaign like i need a villain intro just this fucking like good There's... just so solid She's so fucking extra. There's hardly a time where you see her just walking. She's a homegirl just chooses to backflip and front flip places. The point where when she does the meow thing, before she says meow, she turns around and she's like heaving because it took a little <laughs> bit of breath to like, listen, I have not taken a single step today. It's all been flips. <laughs> it's all been backflips. It's all backflips, baby. <laughs> Like it would have been so fucking funny for Batman to just look at her and be like, are you okay? Do you need to catch a breath? <laughs> okay. Do you need some water? More to like the production side of this uh, movie, I gotta say, like, Danny Elfman nails the whimsical kind of weird fantasy music genre. Like, yes, that's you mean Danny Elfman did what Danny Elfman does? I, I, I just want to point out that, like, it's so just... I don't know if there's any other composer that really can do what he does. And this movie really kind of put that into perspective for me. Because, yes, like, like, of course he's got a lot of weird music to him. But, like, I was just... When you let Danny Elfman just do what he needs to do... You really are going to get something special if your film fits his motif. Because I do like this score more than the first movie. Because you really just get Danny Elfman. And it fits. Like, every moment fits. Even, like, uh, Penguin's final uh, battle and, like, his subsequent death. Like, the music is so good. And, like, it, it, it hits yeah. every scene just perfectly. Though, I do want to say, 
when Catwoman's like making his uh, or making her like new outfit after she like is resurrected by the cat gods or whatever. Um, yeah, they did mess up. It could have just had that moment where like she's cutting the leather outfit that's so Edward Scissorhands, and we just hear like. Just like that beautiful music, it would have been great, you know. Just like <laughs> let's 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 tie this all together. Edward Scissorhands yeah. and Batman are the same universe because it's all Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the tight leather bound uh, protagonist uh, universe. Right? It, exactly. I mean, like <laughs> he doesn't wear leather in it, but all of his clothes are tight and Sweeney Todd. So I mean, it all fits. Oh, okay. I was like Edward Scissorhands totally wore leather. Uh, <laughs> um, no, don't worry. You know, it's I funny. Know. You said as you said as far as far as long as your movie matches his motif, and it could just be that he works with Tim Burton so very well because they have uh, similar stuff. But I, it's funny. I I don't. I'm not a music guy, so I could be completely off base with this. But I feel like uh, Danny Elfman is able to is able to capture like multiple genres. Do multiple genres plus whimsy. Like every one of them has whimsy, but it can be a completely different genre from like either not really horror, but like well, yeah, horror. But like you know, you can have horror adjacent. You can have uh, even romantic music, and you can have uh, um, like serious or dramatic music. But they all have whimsy. Yeah, I guess that's what I should have said. That like it's really just he hits whimsical music very well. Like, no matter what, there's always... It's like a brand of Danny Elfman whimsicality. It's And yeah. only he can do it. Ooh, Which, is that a word? I want to use that whimsicality? whimsicality. I'm pretty sure whimsicality is a word. Um, but it makes... You know what I would really want from Danny Elfman now? Tucker, look it up. Whimsicality <laughs> word. Give, us, give us a response. <clears throat> yes. And give us the definition, please. The trait of acting unpredictably and more from whim or caprice than from reason or judgment. <laughs> and please use it in a sentence. <laughs> I personally think that Danny Elfman's whimsicality is overbearing in a lot of the movies that he's a part of. Though I admit Edward Scissorhands' score is perfect. Yes. <laughs> what if Danny Elfman just did a CD where it was just like, or an album that was, I know, using CD really dates me now. Uh, what if he did an album that was just... Sir, we had this movie on VHS. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, dude. Whoa, we can't use those anymore. (laughs) What if Danny Elfman did an album where it was just like movie music if written by Danny Elfman? Like, what would Star Wars have sounded like if Danny Elfman had done the score to it? Like, what is his, like, interpretations of some of these big movies? Because I now want to know what it would be like. What, what... What would, like, say, uh, just spitballing Goodfellas would have sound like if it was just done by Danny Elfman? Oh, so we have our we have our connective tissue with, with the penguin from the last movie that we saw, which was, uh, what you say, Burgess Meredith, right? Yeah. Um, and now we have a penguin here. So what do we think about the penguin's tools comparatively between the two movies? I think Penguin One wins it over Danny DeVito's Penguin. He does have a rocket. He has he has rocket. rocket. He has multiple rocket umbrellas. Multiple. Yeah. This one has a helicopter. He is somehow able to trick the military into selling him pre-atomic surplus submarines. 
Oh fuck yeah, this is a good one. And then yeah. not only does ta- not only gets a submarine, but then fully mods it to have like ducks and penguin motifs everywhere with it. You know, that's true. But this one does have a giant rubber ducky, and this one has an actual penguin army. Okay, which you are right, which it does have the penguin army. Which trains to strap themselves with bombs and go throughout the city. This is a ride or die <laughs> penguin army. Damn, that's damn. better than any friend. Shit, <laughs> I'm over here like kind of losing my argument now because I'm just like, he does have a <laughs> penguin army. And uh, and this one has the, pan- the the umbrella gun and an umbrella knife, which is nice. I like the umbrella knife. It never gets any use, I think. But didn't like, he the have the umbrella he- though too in the in the last movie we watched? I don't know. Does he ever use it? I don't think he ever like he was mostly ever in the submarine or getting his ass beat. I'll have to say it like this: the first penguin uh, that we saw was more of just like the human version of a Looney Tune. You know, like he has a giant <laughs> umbrella that's a rocket, while this penguin is just like he might actually <laughs> fit like the the kind of like where comic books were going and at this time period because like. Remember how his, like, umbrella even folds out for him to, like, ride as, like, it flies away? Yeah. It goes from just, like, full umbrella to propeller, and you're just like, okay, that was pretty clean. So, I I love that this penguin is more of a cannibalistic, murdering, sexual predator, bile-spitting of a fucking character that had a McDonald's Happy Meal toy. Isn't that nice? <laughs> that is one of the funniest factoids that I will never forget in my life because it is so funny that a movie this fucking dark, bleak, and full of such fucked up things that kids shouldn't be watching, probably, even though I watched it as a kid. Uh, and they had a McDonald's toy line. <laughs> yeah, I, Warner Brothers really didn't understand what they were getting into because they were like, they did, they got him to do the Batman movie, and it was a success and awesome. But they were just like, okay, for this sequel then, we really just need to capture the Tim Burton energy. So they were like, let's make this more of a Tim Burton film, thinking that it was still going to be a kid's movie. It's just like, Mm. excuse me, what? (laughs) I'm sorry. Even the first one had like uh, uh, disfiguring people. Like he fucked up that lady with like acid. Uh, they killed people. He shot Bob, which I think is the worst thing. That is the did. worst crime of that movie. How did people how dare you people shoot Bob? falling into acid? Like, is it's real fucked up. So how did you think that this was a good idea? Yeah, it's just like remember how we reined in Tim Burton for that first Batman movie. Well, what if we don't rein him in? Yeah, what, what, him what if we let him go? Fucking Buck Wild. <laughs> this is what we get because Tim Burton's all for that weird. Because I just found out. The whole black ooze thing we were talking about, that was Danny DeVito's idea. He was just like, yeah, I <laughs> I was it. talking to the like, makeup people, and we just came up with like some mouthwash with a little bit of coloring, and I would just squirt it into my mouth before every scene. Ooh, so his breath was minty it when was, he bit off that guy's it, nose. It was pleasant to smell. <laughs> That's nice. I mean, while he could still smell. You know, there were some other ideas for this film that were thrown out that I wish we could have actually seen. Like, apparently, originally, uh, Max Shrek wasn't going to be Max Shrek. He was going to be, I don't know what his first name was going to be, so we'll keep it Max for now. He was going to be Max Cobblepot, his younger brother that was kept by his parents. And that would have been a pretty interesting relationship to see. But then I feel like that would have taken away from the ride-or-die relationship Max has with his son. 
Like, those yeah. two are so, oh. like, the familiar bond between the two of them, like, father and son, is fucking beautiful. Yeah, actually, it's pretty good, because we're making one of the son, because the son is, like, this big meathead-looking guy. Big big old glass of handsome who looks like he could play, like, He-Man in, like, a Was his name, fucking, like, Chet like, or something as Live well? action. Yeah, I have no clue. Fucking Chaz Shrek or something. It doesn't matter. The point is, like, you're like, all right, he's just a meathead. But, like, they actually prove to, like, like each other and be, like, pretty loyal to each other, like him and his dad. Because, like, yeah, like, there's, like, the early part where, like, they're trying to, like, uh, they're trying to get to dad to Shrek and they're, like, killing people and shit. And he's just, like, he stands in front and he's, like, you know, like, you have to, if you want to get to my dad, you have to get to me. And, like... All these henchmen pull up guns, swords, there's an Uzi to his fucking neck, and, like, all these blades and shit. And he's, like, trying to be like, son, come on. And he's like, no, get out of here, dad. They, 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 you know, now's your time to escape. Whatever. And Go, so it's dad. like, all right. You got you're this. Like, yeah, you're like, all right, he's willing to die for his dad. That's fucked up. And I'm sure his dad would want that. But, like, he's a villain. So maybe, maybe he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm getting out of here. But at the very end of the movie... Um, penguins killing firstborn children, like going all biblical on their asses because, because you know, uh, fuck the people of Gotham. He he was abandoned as a kid, so yeah. Uh, and so, which honestly, that also led me to believe that the gang had no idea that the penguin was like kidnapping and killing children when they were circus performers. Because when that one guy was just like a uh, bust kidnapping and killing kids don't you think that's a little much like they all didn't they were all weren't really for that plan which leads me to believe that penguin was not up front with them about all the really messed up stuff he was doing yeah i would have loved if he had the penguins eat that guy alive that would have been fun but <laughs> uh anyways Ooh, that so been he good. has like max in a cage and he's gonna lower him into like the horrible like uh acidic like ooze that's in the in the sewer and max uh, brings up, uh, returns the fate. Well, not really returns the favor because it doesn't happen because Penguin wants to kill Max Shrek. But he tells him, uh, "Hey, no, he wanted to kill Chip. He wasn't going to kill Max. He was going to kill oh, Chip. Okay, and let Max live was, with yeah, that right, type of right. pain. Yeah. And so, yeah, he tells him like, "Hey, don't take Chet. Take me. <laughs> I'm the one you want. I'm the one that Peng, you know, the Penguin wants. And yeah, it's like, wow." As much of a shitbird as I don't actually know if um, if Chad is a bad guy. Actually, he might just not know what his dad does. But yeah, it was surprising to see that Max uh, was willing to go to bat for his child in return. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it, was, it was a very wholesome relationship. That like I was like, wow, you are horrible people, but at least you love but each you other. You love your son. <laughs> oh my oh. penguins parents anyways <laughs> oh uh also another version another thing about this movie that they changed was originally the idea was penguin and catwoman team up to murder uh gotham like gotham's elite and pin the murders on batman and it's working but at the same time they're like stealing these like raven statues that each one have that lead to a secret treasure that's buried underneath the Wayne Mansion that's in the Batcave that even Batman doesn't know about. What? And that it was going to reveal the secret of the Waynes as well. And also, in this movie, 
Robin was going to appear, and it was a, the oh. person cast as Robin was Marlon Wayne. You're saying that this was gonna be in the movie. I was like, yeah, Did I go and pee at the wrong time. I don't remember any of this. This was like the original like thought for this movie. This is what it was going to be when they decided to have Penguin and Catwoman. I'm so glad that editing is a thing. <laughs> revisions. No, they didn't even. Yeah, revisions are a thing. Cause yeah, this this it's not the idea they went with, but like. This, that honestly feels like the way it reads too is like this sounds more like a comic book than the movie we actually got. It sounds too all over the place. So it's good that they pared it all down. I think it was just like ah, you're kind of touching close to the sort like the court of owls situation. Like let's kind of like get away from that. Think that's ever gonna happen? Because oh, the court of owls. Yeah, no, uh, Matt Reeves for the new Batman movies coming out with Robert Pattinson, he wants the Court of Owls okay. in well, his movies. I guess we'll see when that movie comes up whether or not I think that's a good idea. I mean, not that, not that what my thing matters. I don't even think, like, it really doesn't, like, uh, the problem with the Court of Owls isn't I feel like the movie, like the Batman you want or, like, the directors you have, but, like, the idea of, like, having, it's, well, actually, you know what? The Court of Owls would fit really well in today's like society because, like, look at movies like The Menu or Infinity Pool. I haven't like, seen either the of those. Horror of the film. The horror of the film is really that like the elite are so disconnected to reality now that they just do like the most horrible things and are like the villains of these yeah, movies. Yeah, sounds about right. And the Court of Owls really fits that now. Like, they don't care about the small people. Like, they just want the power to control Gotham as they always have. So, so that would work. It's just, how do you how do you perfectly... Like, is it like an eyes wide shut situation, you know? Yes. <laughs> Billionaire sex cult. Who also does murder and crimes. I want it to be oh called Batman God. Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> <laughs> I want it so, so bad right now, dude. Like, I want this movie. <laughs> so I've, I've, I'm, I'm being reminded by Nan that my directed by David Lynch. <laughs> uh, that might be. Eh, let's stick with the Matt Reeves guy. Let's see what he can do. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm being reminded by Nan that my my argument for which Penguin had the better arsenal might not be quite uh, what I was hoping. As at the end. At the end of this movie, Penguin does try to kill Batman and accidentally grabs the wrong umbrella. It's kind of a funny moment, too, which is a fun punctuation to the <laughs> Penguin. But he, like, goes, tries to shoot him, and the, the fucking uh, umbrella just opens up, and he just got the wrong umbrella and then just dies. It's the cute one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Got the cute one. Because it's the one that has, like, the little, like, baby little... Uh, what are those things called? Those little like things that you put over a crib. Spin has little toys. Hey, but you can tell least, we don't have kids. At least Penguin, at least Penguin had that you know that really great moment of being buried or put to sea by his Penguin brethren. That was really funny. Yeah, the the Penguins gave him a proper burial because I guess the Penguins have a civilization in which they. Respect the rights of burial. <laughs> it's very strange. But here's the here's the real question, though, between this Batman movie and the one we watched before, and it comes down to Batman. Actually, 
Would a porpoise uh, swim into the way of a torpedo to save this version of Batman? No. I feel like it wouldn't have to for this Batman. He had... Then you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This might be the best Batman movie because he's just... That's at least sacrificing he's enough to none. Dolphins. No porpoise. <laughs> hey, listen. I'm going to have a hot take here. Dolphins don't deserve shit from us. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's like, yep, all right, you know what? Listen, you're a Fine. mammal. You're what right. are you doing Fine. hiding out there? Get up here and fight me, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the perfect cap to this. <laughs> so, Cass? Yeah, that's me, the <laughs> noted notorious dolphin puncher. What's up, Squarin? <laughs> so, did you like it? <laughs> And please, tell me what your weekends are like, my guy. <laughs> it's very busy. I'm not allowed at SeaWorld anymore. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I do like this movie. Once again, maybe it's just the... It's the... <laughs> all right. Oh, God. It's, it's maybe the fact that I grew up with this uh, movie, so I have the nostalgia glasses or whatever. Uh, but I think it's brilliantly acted by everyone, even if I don't think the roles are amazing. Um, but everyone's fun in it. Uh, Christopher Walken's good. Michelle Pfeiffer's good. Michael Keaton's good. Um, Danny DeVito's really good. Um, that late, that tall lady with the dog who doesn't say shit. You know what? She's good. That's the MVP. Yeah. She's real, the MVP. Real good. <laughs> Everyone's good in this. Um, Chet, Chaz, whatever the fuck I've called him. Chip. He could, he's replaceable. <laughs> you just get a handsome, square-jawed man. It, it could be anyone. But <laughs> And give him a Chuck name and he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Chuck did fine. Um, but yeah, ultimately, <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's a goofy little movie. You don't take it too seriously. But uh, I do have one little like question, actually, before I, I, I throw it back over to you. Um, oh, please ask. So, like, Michelle Pfeiffer's character as Catwoman, she's counting her lives. She's been pushed out the window. She's been shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's fallen into cat litter, which I don't think counts as taking as, as her losing a life. Um, but, yeah, she counts all the way up until eight lives. And then her last, uh, like, her eighth live that she used is, like, giving Max Shrek, like, a fucking, like, a fucking... The Grim Reaper's kiss. kiss. Yeah, with like a, a fucking uh, stun gun between them where they light on fire. And he becomes charred. And she lives at the end. They show her standing, looking at the moonlight, as dressed as Catwoman, meaning that Catwoman is not done. Selena Kyle might be done, but Catwoman is not. But like, she's just assuming because it's cats that like nibbled on her fingers and brought her to life that she has nine lives. She could be immortal for all we know. This is just a funny thing. Just like, yeah, she just assumes she's got cat nine lives. What if she just lives forever? Then the world is a better place for it. Yeah, sure, maybe. Uh, all right, so I'm going to throw it back now. Squared. Yes, I don't punch dolphins, but, you know. Coward. I feel like I live some sort of a interesting... Coward, yeah, you know right. what? I'm I don't sorry. even want to ask you the question yeah, anymore. We, it's such fine. an uninteresting... Just, per- plug- <laughs> just plug it, all right? Just so plug your second shit. Oh, Square, did you like the movie? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, actually, yeah. I I was nervous about this one because I remember as a kid, not really it not really sitting well with me. But I wasn't really into the whole darker tones just yet. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Danny Elfman's music was perfect. Michael Keaton really reins it back even more from the first movie, and I feel like really get nuts. He doesn't get nuts, so he cuts a really perfect Batman. Like just like you said, that scene at uh, the masquerade ball was amazing. Like Christopher Nolan wishes he could have done a scene that good between his two uh, leads, and Danny DeVito brought a weird energy that it's not like he's really the Penguin from the comics. It's a new version of the character that fits this world and only this world. And then yeah, we've been like really happy like. We've been talking for like an hour and a half almost, and really all we've been talking about is Michelle Pfeiffer. So she's going to get like everything from me because she's amazing and yeah. awesome. And oh, wow. <laughs> you know, wow. Wow. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I like, I don't want to cut it in early as we talk about all these Batman movies, but this is like really kind of a strong contender now for like one of my favorite live action Batman movies. All right. Damn. And it's gonna be on my on my list for next Christmas movies. It's a good Christmas movie, yeah. Beautiful Christmas movie. Just mistletoe. Oh, the poodle lady. The poodle lady was named Anna, uh, Katarina. That was the actress. Oh, I was like, they had a name for the poodle lady. No, she's just called the poodle lady. Okay, cool. Well, good, good for her. I don't know. I'm not familiar with her. Maybe if I saw some other movie she's in, I would know. But I don't. Um, but you know, she's she's fun as a mystery. It's fine. Why don't you tell us what's going on in your life? Second Respawn, you can see us at twitch.tv forward slash Second Respawn. That's number two ND in the word Respawn. We're doing Kingdom Hearts. It's a slog, but whatever. We're getting through it. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also do Nanta's Monster Hunter Rise, uh, Death Stranding, and I play Divinity with Bubs. Also, I think there's like Ace Attorney and Blasphemy somewhere in there. It's fine. Um, and yeah, you can catch this podcast usually live on Fridays around like 10 o'clock Central Texas time. Central Texas. Uh, that's it for me. I'm joined by Sir Square. And what do you got going on in your life? What do I got going on? A whole lot of. D&D. I do a lot of D&D these days. It's really just kind of like the focus of my life at this point. Um, if you really want to see it on my channel, I've been doing a lot of Flight Team D&D, and the one shot I'm currently going to be finishing up on Sunday of this weekend, Like it is probably one of the best stories I've come up with so far, and I'm very excited for what I'm building with this. And I am riding away to bring back Dungeon Daydreams now, too, as well, as I kind of transfer to more D&D than anything else. And if you want to watch me play a game, at least once a week, I'm streaming uh, Chained Echoes right now and trying to do really great voices and just having fun with it. Nice. Uh, and next week, uh, to continue this podcast, we're going to be doing... What are we doing? Oh, we're doing The Dark Knight Rises. We were going to do The Dark Knight, but of course, of course, Kaz just has to be a smart motherfucker and remind me that every movie we're watching has Catwoman in it if we do Dark Knight Rises. So here we are watching It's Not a Cop. Sorry, I, I just, I just want to compare all of them to Michelle Pfeiffer and see how far they fall short. Sorry. It's, I'm 
going to be really sad for you when we get to the later ones. Anyway, uh, sad because this podcast comes out. I mean, so, sad because they don't fall short or because they excel. I mean, I guess you're going to have to nah. wait and see. Okay. <laughs> this podcast comes out edited every week uh, due to the amazing work of our good friend Tucker. You can follow him on Twitter at Tucker Wins or on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Tucker underscore wins. Oh, also, um, he has his own music on Spotify if you want to check him out uh, under Tucker Wins Stanley. You know, really, we just want to say thank you. He does a lot of work for us. And I forgot to drop it, but if you want to know where to find me, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Sir Squarin, S-Q-U-A-R-I-N. Or on Twitter at Sir Squared. Um, but, you know, what we learned today, Kaz? What's that? Don't trust a man that just, like, fucking comes out of a sewer. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll keep that in mind for when that happens in my daily life. Yeah, I know that happens to you a lot, and you always fall down the rabbit hole of trusting the sewer man. But I really hope... When you live the life of dolphin punching, <laughs> you're running into some weird folk, you know? Cass, this is an intervention to your sewer man problem. This is what this has been leading up to. Listen, I don't punch dolphins in the sewer. They don't live there, silly. That's crocodiles. 